0: Broadcasting from C.J. Cannons. Today we're talking about the book by Francis Partell down in Laos. Today he spends his winters in Vero Beach, Florida. His summers on the island of Mothas Vineyard, and of course, I used to spend my summers renting a home up there uh, in uh, Oak Bluffs. Loved it. As a matter of fact, I, used to, I talked to uh, Walter Cronkite on the phone, but. 911, I lost my only brother and had to get off the island in a hurry. Haven't gone back for closure, but maybe you'll be my key to go back. Maybe I'll come up and visit you this coming summer, Frank. Definitely have you. But but this is, thank you, this is uh, sort of obligatory when we're on the air. (laughs) (laughs) But down in Laos, let's go back to your beginnings. Uh, How were you involved in the Vietnam War?
1: Well, I was a naval officer uh, on Ticonderoga, which was an attack carrier, and I had three different roles that I did on that ship. I was the officer officer of the deck. I was also a combat information center watch officer, and I was a strike controller. So I had one of those positions that bridged kind of the surface part of the Navy with the aviation part of the Navy. And um, Down in Laos was a story I wanted to write about uh, this period of time in 1968 which kind of opened with the uh, seizure of the Pueblo, the Battle of Quezon, and the Tet Offensive. And the USS Ticonderoga was involved in all of those activities.
0: Now, Paul Galante, attack pilot, who was shot down, he's uh, POW for over six years, says, Partel's book, one of the best, is a page-turner. I couldn't put it down. I can identify with virtually every page. Richard, the Beak Stratton, attack pilot POW, said, If you enjoyed Mr. Roberts, the Kane Mutiny, and those grand sea stories of yester, you will enjoy this yarn. Uh, okay, so uh, you and I talking, down the list. First of all, I like the title. Uh, there have been a lot of Vietnam motion pictures made. Not of late, though. Do you see this being made into a motion picture, and what would set your book apart Why should people want to read your book?
1: You've gotten the accolades from from men who were there, but what do you say? Well, uh, first of all, I think it's just a a darn good story uh, as an action thriller story for people who like to read military or modern naval fiction. So I think the story itself is intrinsically a very interesting story. Do you hold to truths and facts? Yes. At the theater level, this this story is uh, virtually... Uh, historically accurate. It is historically accurate. I love knowing that the, the credibility,
0: you know, that says. So, how long did it take you to do, do the research and uh, to write it?
1: About two years. It took about so two. Two years. years of your life involved in this read. Pretty much, yeah. That's, that's cool. The um, the the other the, there are several angles to the book, which I wrote in deliberately. Now, um, Rhett, it's kind of my sense if you go into a Christian literature section of a bookstore, there's very little. Uh, very few volumes there which really appealed to men. So I wanted to write a story that was a military story about naval history, but I also wanted to write something that had strong Christian characters in it. This is not Christian literature, but I wanted to write a story where it had strong men of faith in the story. The pilot, uh, whose name is Campbell, uh, was the uh, son of two missionaries, Presbyterian missionaries serving in Korea. And uh, he grows up in Korea during that period of time, and uh, um, he wanted to learn how to fly, and he eventually uh, goes to college in the United States and becomes a Navy pilot. He gets shot down, um, and he becomes a prisoner of war. Now, to make this story interesting, I also uh, have talked about something called Operation Igloo White, which was um, kept top secret for 35 years after the war. So it's not very widely known. So I have him involved in that particular mission when he is shot down. How how did you become privy to this? Uh, Because I was a strike controller on the ship when this mission was taken. What does a strike controller do? Strike controller, you can think of the strike controller primarily as the 911 for the the pilots on board the ship. So when they have things going wrong, if they have a fire, they're being shot down, uh, they need to be joined up to get refueled. In the air, -air, mid-air, that the strike controller is typically the person they call. They call into on the radio to arrange for to get help, to get help, and to arrange for those join-ups if necessary.
0: Now, you were never, uh, uh,
1: you never, you never received any uh, any fire, right? Not me, no. Uh, not, I, I didn't, but we had certainly lost airplanes. We had pilots who were killed in action. We were pilots who were shot down and taken, prisoners like – So you see a guy in the morning, he goes off and doesn't come back. Exactly, exactly. Six years later. Now, did you interview um, any of these uh, POWs for your book? I, I, I interviewed Stratton, Dick's, Richard Stratton. He's up in Atlantic Beach uh, just outside of Jacksonville. And Stratton is very interesting. I had already actually written the book at this time when I went up to, up to see him and, uh, and his wife, by the way. And my r- reason to see him is I wanted to know what somebody did with their life after getting out of the Navy, after having been incarcerated for six years and going through the incredible torture and, uh, they were subjected to in the Hano Hilton. Stratton is really very interesting. He decided to get himself a master's in social work and then dedicated his life to helping other people. I think a very remarkable story. By the way, he's probably one of the most well-known uh, prisoners of war uh, from the Navy and one of the most widely loved uh, pilots uh, from that, that period of time. Now let me ask you this.
0: You say this is sort of like a, um, an analogy, or what's the word I'm looking for, an allegory of the book of Job?
1: Yes. So,
0: so am I? Am I to presume this is conjecture on my part that your stay on that on that ship uh, during the Vietnam uh, uh, conflict war that uh,
1: this somehow increased your your faith? Oh, certainly. I mean, uh, one of the things about the book is that it it uh, it, it it talks about religion without embarrassment. And one of the stories about – one of the things that seemed to be almost universally true for all prisoners of war who survived being prisoners of war was they had a strong abiding faith in their God and in the country that they would basically somehow be delivered from this particular experience they were going through. I, I took. So, let me ask you this. Is it faith that saves
0: these people, faith in – itself that saves the people or do you actually believe that that faith is rewarded by a living
1: higher power i I, I believe it's their faith in a higher power that allows them to endure the uh beatings the torture the the malnutrition the disease i mean some of these stories are just unbelievable this is not one of my stories but uh for example there is a part of my research because my 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 prisoner of war here, uh, Campbell, the pilot, is kind of a composite of several stories. Not in the book, though, is a story about a flight surgeon who was shot down and was made to clean latrines and things like this, and um, he um, now flight surgeon is that a surgeon? Or yeah, is that, that's a doctor who uh, has flying, who flies. Yes, a, this is a true story. This is a true story. This fellow was uh, shot down, and uh, he was in several prisons, and he wanted to tend to the prisoners because of their malnutrition and the various diseases and illnesses they had. And uh, they were always trying to get all these guys to sign false confessions, all of them. And um, finally, they got him to sign a a false confession after all the beatings and the torture he had withstood. When they when they basically said, "Okay, uh, we'll give you medicine, which they had withheld from him. We'll give you medicine to treat the other." Uh, prisoners, but you got to sign this confession first so he, then he didn 't decide he didn 't care about his own name go ahead i 'll sign it i 'm going to take care of these guys exactly he, he had he had that hobson 's choice he was a literal dilemma that yeah. it was an action of altruism yeah yeah um, so i I have this my, my pilot, Campbell is the son of missionaries he 's a strong person of faith, and um, he 's being subjected to all forms of torture, etc and mal, malnutrition, etc and um he he so his 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 uh his interrogator is can be thought of as a symbol for Satan or the adversary, because if you know the story of job basically uh, god uh, the the devil and and God are having a conversation mm-hmm. and the and God says, "Look at my servant job, how loyal he is, et etc et etc what a righteous man he is and the and the, the devil basically says to him, well, that's only because you've uh, put all those, uh, you, you've rewarded him with the wealth and so on and so forth. And a nice family said, in a way, you've kind of bribed him. And so if you took those things away, he probably wouldn't behave that way. And God kind of says to the devil, well, go ahead, take over his life and let's see what happens. And Job gets subjected to all of those uh, abuses I've been talking about. By the, uh, all those abuses, But he still stays faithful to God. And God gives him back everything he lost sevenfold. He, he does, but he also challenges the authenticity of God before he does that. Um, now, the interesting thing, by the way, about Job and the devil is the devil is the one of the strong Christian beliefs that we all have is that if we lead a righteous life, we'll be rewarded in the end by going to heaven, correct? So the devil basically introduces the notion of virtue for the sake of virtue, in other words, if you took away the reward, how would people behave? It's a very, very strange thing. This is a very perplexing book in the Bible to read, if you've read it. I mean, you just leave, you just leave shaking your head. And if I could have been editor-in-chief for a day of the Bible, I might have been persuaded to take Job out of it because of it uh, tends to contradict the notion of a righteous life being rewarded. But um, so there's a couple of other things about Job, too, in, 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 in the... All other places, most other places of the Old Testament, when they refer to the power of God, it's always modified by saying it's a moral and just God. Those words do not appear in Job. So if you don't have a moral and just God, then you have a God who could be very, very arbitrary in his decisions and the things he does and so on and so forth. So um, again, it's a very perplexing uh, book to think about um, because if for the... the way the Israelites were uh, were kind of educated to sort out true God from uh, false gods was, in fact, is this is this God a moral and just God? Now, um, so I have this story where um, Campbell is being subjected and ultimately he gets rescued, and I don't want to give away the story, but ultimately he gets rescued. But um, the other... Uh, Theme in the book is uh, what what kind, when we talk about civilization, what is at the core of that civilization to make it a moral and just civilization? And one of the one of the uh, interesting things, of course, about uh, about uh, Western civil, civilization is that its very core it has Christianity or the Old Testament, the Judeo Christian tradition. Of the notion of a society under laws comes right from Moses, giving uh, from God, giving Moses the Ten Commandments. Uh, We learned various stories in the Bible and Jesus about the obligations of servants and their masters, etc. So the notion of rights existing and certain moral uh, codes existing is very important, and we find that right through uh, that translates right on through Western civilization, which makes our civilization unique from other civilizations. I'm not going to say better. I am going to say unique. And I think uh, as we can see what's going on in the Middle East today with ISIS and things like that, which I'm not making a contrast, I'm not comparing Islam here now with Western civilization, but I think you can see ISIS is a group of people perverted a type of uh, religion, and that it lacks that moral code. It lacks the uh, a sense of an of a angry God against immoral people. All right, listen, I want you to come back again. We're out of time for today, but Francis Partel,
0: Down in Laos, the website is? Uh, down in Laos, www.downinlaos.com. Pick up a copy. You're going to love it. Heroism and inspiration during the Vietnam War. This is the mayor of the airwaves. Who loves you, baby?